Hey, everybody. This is Brooks. I hope you are having a fantastic fall. I just wanted to say that uh, as the HLP, you know us, and you know we're going to go all out for Halloween. And with that, we are going to do a fantastic, amazing, all-out stream of our Drunken Disorderly. It's our $10 tier, and we really hope to see uh, everybody there. We love it. We're going to go full costume. Everybody can see it. We can't wait. But that is it for this intro. Have, well, uh, episode 63, Gotta Pay the Troll Toll. Like liquor and things that go boo? Then buckle up, listener, cause this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast, episode 66. No, no, it's not 66. Episode oh. 63. <laughs> <laughs> I messed myself up. I would go in 666. Why? I don't know, because it's Halloween time. Oh, it is. It's a, it's the spookiest season of the year. And so I thought, like, why why not just skip a couple episodes? Be be episode 66. You know what? Maybe we should just canonically have this be episode 66. No, it's 63. We gotta right. we gotta all right, all right. Or or maybe we'll release this in uh in a couple of weeks. Just and out, then out, of of order. <laughs> out of order. Yes. Like, what happened? <laughs> what happened in the meantime? Yeah. How, how are they in Schloss Cromark already? <laughs> I'd say we record 63 three weeks from now. And That's the so, same thing, isn't it? Not necessarily. Oh, no. We'll just do 63 yeah. as 66? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to remember this bit. Nope. No, we're not. Okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bits, <laughs> what are you drinking, Steve? Uh, thanks for asking, Griffin. I am drinking a beer from Frankenmuth Brewery up in Michigan. This is their Oktoberfest beer. What's the only month you're allowed to drink that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good execution. It's very tasty. Nice. Speaking of very tasty, Brooks, what you drinking, dude? Oh, tasty this week. Uh, this is an Interboro Mad Fat Fluid. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's it's my Mad Fat Fluid. Oh, do you want to try uh, some of my Mad why, why did you Fat Brooks? Fluid? <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with the name. It had everything to do with the design on it. It's pretty cool. Uh, but it's also a double dry hopped IPA. Is it and creamy? I'm, Is it cream? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's an IPA. Oh man! Sure. Take a sip. Only Horace <laughs> would would put those things together. <laughs> it is it is very good though. Awesome. His face says yeah. it's creamy. Speaking of creamy, to I'm do just, my own transition. Uh, uh, I was just about to say, speaking of someone whose face says it's creamy. No. <laughs> hey, what are you drinking? I am actually drinking a creamy drink. That's why I said speaking uh. of creamy. <laughs> 
I am uh, drinking from Embark Craft Cider Works, uh, a dreamsicle cider. It's peach, apricot, and raspberry. And it's um, actually fermented with like milk sugar and to make it creamy. Nice. <laughs> would that be lactose, Emily? Yes, it would. Nice. Is milk sugar what they called Horace in college? Mm, you'll, I'll never tell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Back at the Arcanarium, I was known as Cream Daddy. No. That's disgusting. My drink is not, but that is. Well, speaking of disgusting, the name of my drink is a beer that I actually paid a surprising amount for because of the name. It is by the Firestone Brewery. It's an oatmeal stout. It's named Velvet Merkin. Do you guys know what a Merkin is? I do. I don't. I do. And for all the listeners, I'm winking. <laughs> they can see that. Merkin is a pubic wig. I'm pretty sure if I get my if I get my urban dictionary correct. Oh god. <laughs> nice. I don't know if that's what they were going for or if it has a different meaning in reality, but maybe we do just need to cut to episode 66. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but um oatmeal stout, bourbon barrel aged, pretty fucking good. I'm I'm pleased with it. Neat. Speaking of people who are pleased, Emily must be super pleased because she got let off very easy on the Patreon poll. What are you drinking, you degenerate? Thank you to all of our patrons who voted in the poll and gave me a lovely drink this evening. I called it Rising Tempers. It's blueberry or no, blackberry wine with it was supposed to be a mead float on top. But I guess the two wines are about the same uh, density, so they just mixed. But it's like a sweeter blackberry wine now. Hmm. Sounds like it must be such such a tough time drinking that. That must be really awful. I can't imagine how you just gulp that down. Oh, yeah. It's already like half gone. <laughs> She's just trying to get through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve, how's the uh, internal investigation going? Brooks, I'm glad you asked because I'm just starting to finally clear up all the compliance issues that came out of your facial hair. I expect that to be off my desk by tomorrow afternoon at the latest, and I can finally really dive into this scandal. Unfortunately, I I didn't have time to dive into the scandal and take control of the Patreon myself. I would have put something on there like, Hot dog water and vodka. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm getting there. Fantastic. That does sound like a gasoline queen drink. <laughs> Hot it's dog really, water and it's vodka. It's not bad. Well, and then you'd, you'd <laughs> literally, you'd have to call it something related to the episodes, right? So like- Seymour Wiener. The Wiener special. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wiener's delight. Ugh. And Actually, then it would be related, and then everyone would vote for it, and then... What if you did hot dog water and, like, a bacon-flavored liquor? Can we... S- no. I think we're, not, we're not having Maybe. that. We're not bacon doing that. Bacon-wrapped dogs. It's done. We're not doing that. We're not doing it. Put it on the list. We can go like, past. I'll jot it down. Somebody what? makes some, bacon, some hot dog water. Quick. Speaking so, of the list, we need to know who yeah, we is do. doing it next. And before we roll, I gotta say... I got a bunch of spooky, scary Halloween dice, Halloween metal sets from Die Hard that I am very enthused to use against you guys tonight. And who knows what kind of character could use these in the future? I certainly don't. Why would there ever be another occasion for me to use these? I don't know. 
But I do want to remind you listeners that you can use the code hideous at Die Hard Dice to get these dice. God damn it. Shameless. (laughs) (laughs) I got a tweener. I'm on the 11. I'm under that. Oh, I'm at 16. Okay. What you got, Brooks? Five. Me too. Let's roll off. Oh, oh man. Double-sized drinks. Gonna, you, you use new die this time. Double drink. Yeah, I'll use one of my other new ones. I'll use, the, right. I'll use the beefy boy. All right. 17. Ah, 15. You got Damn. it. <laughs> it's close. All right. I guess I'm drinking next week. You can have the hot dog water beverage. I'm making the pull. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making the pull. Making the decisions. I didn't think I'd be drinking next week, so um, I guess that one's on me. <laughs> so, guys, how are you getting into the season? It is the season of the witch, the season of October, the season of two of our cast members' birthdays, which uh, I don't think we ever shouted out, but happy belated birthday, gang. Happy Stephen birthday. Davis. Thank birthday. you. We're birthday buds. We share the same birthday, a year apart. I'm old, but uh, yeah. <laughs> It's fun. <laughs> yes. October is uh, one of my favorite months. I love Halloween. I love uh, fall as a whole because it gets nice and cool and it's nice outside. And now I get to wear a lot of flannel. And then also all of the Halloween decorations and skulls that are everywhere. I'm so excited. Yeah, I live in the same house as her. It's It started to become Halloween-y. It's beginning to feel a lot like Halloween. I really want to go to the dollar store and get a bunch of fake plastic knives and put blood all over them and hide them all over the house. Perfect. The dogs will not get into those. Definitely not. <laughs> nice. What about the rest of you? You enjoying yourselves this Halloween season? Yeah, I've been really getting in the crafty spirit and I've been really enjoying working on some Halloween costumes, maybe some character costumes, and then, of course, knitting because it's getting colder now so I can actually wear my knitted objects. Are those wondrous items? Are they, which Are they slotless, body slot, hand slot? Where, what you knitting? Right. Uh, there, it's more like um, armor, okay. like sweaters, yeah. Well, sweaters mm. would be body slot, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. A magic vestment of sorts. But you guys. Well, um, I actually usually like making my costumes out of like Goodwill apparel. So Never like, noticed that. Yeah, it's just like buy them once type of thing and you can do whatever you want with it. You can like tear it up. I like, I don't know. I like, I kind of like doing that. And. I'm super basic, so uh, my pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks comes. Uh, I limit myself to one a year, so one oh. a year. Yeah. Actually, I was about to like. I thought you were going for one a day, and I was like, "Okay, Brooks, you need <laughs> that's super basic. <laughs> one a year is okay. Yeah, that's a, 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 a that's a large restraint. amount of restraint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, as for myself, I, I love October as well. Halloween season is great. I love everything scary, scary movies and all that. So I'm going to be probably watching more of those sooner rather than later. Um, gee, I like drinking Oktoberfest beers. That's a good time. That's and um, oh, yeah. I'm getting ready to dress up for Halloween again this year. Of course, just like every other year, I'm going to wear something super skanky. So probably going to be showing some skin this Halloween. We'll see. You're going to be a furry this the year again? The fuck is new? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, something along those lines. Something furry? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Classic. 
Yeah. Halloween just inspires so much for this podcast. I feel like just look at our calendars. It's a disaster. Busy bees. (laughs) But October is such a great season. I, I really enjoy just getting into the vrood. I mean, mood. (laughs) Subtle. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of getting into the mood, Let's get into the mood to get back into our story where we left off. Well, we left off on a little bit of a creepy note last session, but you guys had sent the beast off. You have learned that the beast's creator is a man by the name of Alpon Karamark. He lives in Schloss Karamark, which is about 24, 25 miles out of the city. You know, you can go through the swamp, you can go down the streets, but Embrith has tipped you off that the mob is forming once again to attempt to reverse the verdict. You guys got the beast off innocent, but that doesn't seem like it's enough. So, It's evening on the day of the final day of the trial. What's your plan? What are you guys thinking about doing? Well, obviously, uh, we wanted to go to sleep um, and then go to the go go to the beast's dad's home, right? Like that was that was our whole plan, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know that would. I mean, that is at least three times further than any of the places you visited during the trial. So it's likely going to take you the entirety of a day to get there. Um, I don't know. Did you guys want to try and gather some information from folks, uh, from Embrith, from otherwise about Schloss Karmark, or do you just kind of want to go in? I mean, I think Eclipse would just want to go, but I don't know how the rest of you feel. Lyra likes getting information before we go investigating. I feel like in our previous adventures, it helped to know a little bit more before we dove uh, head first, and also to gather a little bit of information about any mob that might be forming and how we could kind of snuff that out before it got too big. Oh, and Lyra is usually pretty good at doing that, too. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. I might I might be Team Eclipse on this one. Um, we don't, even though it seems like the mob kind of knows that the beast is going to Karmark, um, I don't want to give them any more information, even just by the type of questions we ask um, about anything. And we already, I feel like, kind of burned the bridge with Embrith, where I, last episode she knew that we were hiding stuff. And then we're going to go back and ask a bunch of questions. I don't know if that would make a whole ton of sense. Well, I mean, she still asked you to go. So yeah, that that still is there just because she beat Lyra's bluff check. Yeah. <laughs> I think I rolled a like natty 19 or something on that. Jeez, I had no chance then. Ikmar is in the same boat, too. Uh, he is a, an honorary detective or... Uh, sheriff, maybe 
Detective sounds better. Detec- I mean, he's been going by detective for a while. Yeah. Even if yeah. he is an honorary sheriff of a small town and he's still alive. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, uh, he's he's uh, all up for investigating, um, but does want to head out relatively quickly just because of the threat of danger to his friend. We split in the party again? Is that what I'm hearing? We had so much fun doing that last time. You guys always do. Uh, one thing I will say is that there are two baby manticores in your um, oh, yeah. in your hotel room. And you imagine that, that a trip like this is going to be a multiple day affair. So I know lately, because you guys have been going and then coming back and going and coming back every day... You've had a chance to feed them. Eclipse has been walking them. Whatever that looks like. Can I get a baby carrier? You want to bring it along? I mean, what would be the harm? I don't know. I might actually make it area of effect. Let's target it. <laughs> has Lyra gathered or kind of accumulated any knowledge about... Uh, the university and maybe like any sort of programs they might have that would cover animal husbandry. You, you remember getting this information earlier. I believe it was from Barrister Koppel when you came back with the Manicores the first time that there is a professor at the university named Eves Sherwind. He's an elf and he, uh, he specializes in like magical beasts, the study of them, the care of them, that kind of thing. That's why he pointed you in that direction. Lyra cares a lot for the Manticore, but I think she also realizes that she's not the best person to take care of a baby right now because she's almost died multiple times. So she would be uh, wanting to stop by the professor before we leave to eliminate any slowdowns further down is that a common thread or are you going to keep it and she's going to leave it I would need to talk to the professor before I make a decision here alright well get in character what are you guys what are you guys thinking how big are the manticores right now like can we still carry them you can still carry them they're I mean it's been three oh, days since you, two <laughs> days since you found them in the nest. They're still babies. No, they grew tremendously in those two days. <laughs> to be fair, it has been, been like 20 episodes. <laughs> Lyra would scoop up Mel, walk over towards Eclipse. I don't think these babies will fare too well on our journey in the future it's gonna be unstable for them they could use a good positive presence that's constant in their life maybe we should take them to the professor eves sherwin um i don't know i don't know if i want to let pop go i'll i'll hear what this professor has to say i don't really know how i feel about this that's a good idea. We want to make sure that they're going to a good home. Yeah. And professor, hmm. Sounds like he'll be doing experiments, and I don't I don't know about that. 
Professor Lorimar was a good man. He was a great mentor for me. Hopefully, this professor could be that person for these manticores. A mentor to manticores. Uh, it's a, it's a, what, elf teaching manticores? I don't know if that's the right, uh, relationship that they should be having. (laughs) I think he's, well, hopefully, we'll find out, but a little bit more learned than I am about taking care of a magical beast. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be feeding them all this stuff. I mean, I guess that's a good point. We should go talk to him. All right. So the game plan is you guys go talk to Professor Sherwind. The boys are hanging out, hanging out, Mm -hmm. hanging out with the family. Uh, Afterwards, Lyra will meet up with Ikmer and you will do some investigation on Schloss Cromark. Oh, I don't think we should split the party. Well, I think we can split the party to go to the professor, but if you guys are going to the waterfall, Lear would just come with. To the waterfall? Oh, she's looking at the map ahead of time. Well, we know it's a waterfall. You do. Uh, Remember, that would be an entire day's journey. You're just trying to gather information in town about the Yeah, but are Eclipse and Matumbe heading there without us? I don't think anybody's doing anything oh, besides going okay. to sleep tonight. It's early evening, and I think you guys are going to go sleep and then do whatever you're doing in that vein the next day. Okay, never mind then. All right, so Eclipse and Lyra head to the University of Lebedstadt. And there is a, a building that's – it kind of – describes itself on on the plaque at least you read as a conservatory you assume that that would likely be the spot to find a professor that that deals in living creatures so you enter there's a receptionist there it is i mean it's early evening so it's not really normal hours but she greets you. Oh, hello. Um, what? What can I help you with? Hi, we're here to see Eves Sherwin. Oh, Professor Sherwin. I believe he is. Well, <laughs> he might be a bit indisposed right now. I think he, it's Basilisk feeding time. Oh, how long does that normally take? Can I watch it? Oh, certainly, certainly. Um, well. You can't really watch, per se. Do you know anything about basilisks? I, I don't know. Do, do, make, a knowledge, <laughs> make a knowledge uh, nature, I believe. Eclipse doesn't know anything about basilisks. Actually, they might be a magical beast. You could probably do arcana. 16. 22. Yeah, you guys would know that... Uh, looking a basilisk directly in the eyes is very dangerous. It could turn you to stone. So she would she would be willing to take you once you follow her and cross through a certain threshold. She would point you to a wall that has um, that has eye covering, 
So uh, basically blackout glasses or, or wraps uh, like a blindfold. Uh, you're going to want to put these on just in case the basilisk looks in our direction. Now, I implore you, don't go into the enclosure. Uh, Professor Sherwin has dealt with basilisks a lot in his, is his, in his tenure, and he, he basically can, can feel around and, and use his other senses to make sure that he's safe in there and doesn't have to look at it. But you would be relatively novices, I assume, and so I wouldn't want anything bad to happen. I'm totally picturing the Willy Wonka TV room, like, uh, eyeglass things that they put on. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Do you guys put on the blindfolds? For sure. Yep, and also cover Mel's head, so she can't see either. Yeah, you can certainly blindfold your manticore babies. I currently have my backpack on, but facing the front way, and I'll just kind of gently shut it. Okay. Uh, you you reach the enclosure, and you can you can hear because it's behind a like a wrought iron gate that seems to go floor to ceiling. Uh, but you hear, "All right, there, all right, come on, it's okay. Uh, come on, you little beauty, get over here. Come on, have your supper." And um. And you hear like a munching, and then you hear a door at the opposite side of the room open and shut, and footsteps come your way. Um, you would each feel like a tap on your shoulders. All right, show's over. Come on. Um, my name is Professor Sherwind. It's a it's a pleasure to meet you. Hello. My name is Lyra, and this is my friend, Eclipse. Hello. Oh, well, it's wonderful to meet you. Uh, let's get out of here so we don't have to wear these blindfolds and I could get a look at you. So you guys head out the door you came through with the receptionist and with Professor Sherwin. You are in the main lobby once again. Your blindfolds are off. You see a tall elf with kind of shaggy blonde hair. He wears this kind of tan colored robe made of, uh, made of leather. It looks like, but with multiple pockets, just pockets all over it. Uh, you smell the air and you can smell, he, he kind of smells like he has, uh, different types of feed on him. Almost like you can smell a fishy aroma and something that smells like uh, maybe it's meat. Uh, you see stems of vegetables coming out of one of his pockets. So, uh, what can I do for you? We rescued a few baby manticores not very long ago. Do you have any experience raising them? Oh, of course I do. I I haven't seen a baby manticore in quite a while. Do you have them with you? Yeah. What is your experience? I've as Eclipse will keep will break in. I've raised uh, I've raised hatchlings before. Uh, brought brought them back out to the wild. Uh, but you know they need a mother. 
as uh, as you might have heard. And so if they're not raised when they're babies, they'll well they'll die out there. What are things they need to survive? What are you just trying? <laughs> no, this is uh, this is Eclipse trying to. She's going to act as though she's fact checking, fact checking, checking him, and she has no idea. Well, they need a. Uh, so that's currently what's happening. They need a large area to to roam around. They uh, well, they'll never learn to fly if they don't have high places, and they need a steady supply of meat. Especially when they're little, uh, they they eat probably every hour or two. You guys are such good parents so far. Hey, we rescued them. You wanted to leave them behind to starve. No, I wanted to kill them. (laughs) 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 Do you have an enclosure where you could fit two of them? Oh, yeah. Do you have them on you? Lyra pulls out Mel. Yeah, we've been doing our best to take care of her, but we're going to be doing some more traveling, and I really don't think I can provide her with an adequate life. She'll be safe here, right? Oh, yeah, of course. What a beauty. Look at this one, a little girl. Little the- Sheila over here. That's- Good Lord. <laughs> wow. Where'd you, where'd you find her, if you don't mind me asking? There was a little bit of trouble going on in Marast. Did you hear about that? Well, no, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really keep on top of current politics or, or news or any of that. I'm usually pretty absorbed out here. Well, there was quite a bit of trouble, and we thought the Manticore was maybe causing some of it. Um, and so this this poor baby doesn't have a mom. We killed its mom. Oh, pity. Uh, adventurers tend to do that. Um, they are very aggressive by their nests. You have to be very careful going up to a manicorn nest because they'll, they'll swoop right down from the sky and just, well, they'll try and bite your head off if you're not careful. I know. Uh, yeah, without a mother, these two, uh, well, you said you had two, right? Yeah. And then Eclipse will open her backpack that's on her front, and uh, Bob will pop out a little. Oh, look at this tough little guy. (laughs) Bob's a real trooper. He's been eating like four steaks a day. Well, yeah, without a a mother, they're they're really going to have a tough time uh, trying to survive out there in the wild. You usually have to rehabilitate them or at least least, uh, live out there with them. So what would you do with these two? Well, your friend here said that you'd be you'd be traveling for a little while. You probably wouldn't be able to to take care of them like they like they need. I could certainly keep them in the enclosure, keep them fed, keep them happy. Uh, if you want to come back and pick them up, that's that's totally okay with me. As long as you um, you make sure you can take care of them, take good care of them. But until then, I I'd keep a good eye on them because. Um, it's not very often you get to see, uh, beauties like these two. Uh, it's, it's hard to even get close to a, uh, a manacore's nest. And so babies are very hard to come by unless their parents have been killed. And Eclipse is sold. She can come back and get them whenever. 
This sounds like a great arrangement. Yeah. I'll be happy to leave them here. This is perfect. And then uh, we can come get them later when I know a little bit more about them. I'm going to spend all my time learning more, though. So he would, like, reach towards Bob to kind of pet his uh, his scruff of hair, and Bob would bite him on the finger. Oh, crikey! Oh, he's a he's a feisty little bugger, isn't he? All right, I, I could take good care of him. You, you ever learn this trick? And he would um, he would pet Bob like right between the uh, the forearm and the kind of where his arm bends, and Bob kind of goes limp and falls asleep. Now, if you ever fought another man- manacore and you can get close enough to him, this is a real weak spot they have. Uh, they can't stand being pet on there, like right between the crook of their arm. It's like a crab. If you ever pet the bottom of a crab, but like way bigger and more, you know, likely to kill you. So I have two follow up questions. Uh, if we find another manacore, can I tickle its arm and then uh, it be incapacitated? Uh, secondary question: uh, When the Nathaku Nathalgu comes back, which is part crab, can I tickle its stomach and then it just dies or at least falls unconscious? Part one. Uh, thanks for setting that up for me. Part one, um, you can make a CMB check and maybe I'll allow it. Part two, it is not actually a crab though, so no. Damn it. Good try. Good try. <laughs> so you guys take care of the manacore situation. Head back to the brazen head where the boys are just waiting for you to basically be done with that little side thing. Are you guys gathering information? It is about 8 p.m. Now you would have plenty of time to do this this evening and then head to head to bed, get up bright and early, um, and do whatever it is you're going to do tomorrow. Yeah, because we're staying at an inn, so even if we just talked with like the innkeeper or listened in like in the general common room we might be able to get some more information you certainly could if you roll me a diplomacy check can eclipse help you can help or you can roll your own before lyra says what she rolled uh eclipse would like to help uh she is drinking enough that she's being fairly friendly okay that's rare Oh, shit. I rolled 17 on the die. Plus eight. That definitely aids. Yep, that'll aid. What about you guys? I assume you're all together at this point. I think Matumbe's just going to be enjoying a dinner, like a real dinner that he probably hasn't had in like five days because he's just been wolfing down trail rations and like slamming whatever he can in the bre- in the barracks. And so then, much uh, monster energy drink. I know, it's <laughs> terrible. Um, so he's just going to be, he's just going to slam it down and like, well, actually just like really enjoy it and um, go back to kind of the Matumbe everybody saw in, in Zokar's tavern back in the day, just be kind of leafing through his book and he's writing some things. Uh, mechanically, I'm finally going to have new spells tomorrow. So that's kind of how he's, he's starting to, um, take some new notes, scribble things in margins of the book that probably don't make a whole lot of sense to folks if they look over his shoulder, but make a whole lot of sense to him. Yeah. Well, they're written in like arcane runes probably because they're <laughs> new spells. Well, what about Ick? Ickmer is very glad that, well, number one, he uh, is ha- having a beer and Matumbe uh, was able to order food. So definitely Ickmer will do that. 
And at the same time, while uh, the the girls are trying to uh, diplomatize and chat with uh, with people, he's also trying to do that as well. And so he's going to uh, try to multitask here and uh, and help. I'll help them with a mouthful of chicken. <laughs> yes, that is <laughs> exactly right. And he he does aid. He uh, he's able to semi chew with his mouth closed. And give a few nods and uh-huh's in in the right <laughs> in the right areas. I'll turn off the burping sound in Sirenscape. Oh no, it's perfect for Ikmer eating and diplomacy. <laughs> I'll leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah. All right. So uh, you have two aids. What is your total? With the bonuses, I'm at a thirty. Okay. With a thirty, you guys spend about an hour chatting around the tavern. Matumbe sits in his corner, kind of keeps an eye on you, but then, you know, looks up every five minutes, but really his nose is in his book. But the three of you are having a pretty jolly good time. You're you're drinking, you're cavorting, you're enjoying the company of some people that don't seem to be the the seedy elements of the town. And you learn a couple of things. First thing you learn is that Schloss Cromark is the dwelling of Count Alpon Cromark, which you already knew. Uh, he is the former ruler of Veland, who abdicated his position when the Palatinates threw off the heavy yoke of aristocracy. So uh, I think you heard rumblings of this, and Barrister Koppel may have given you an idea, but he formally ruled this entire area of Ustalov. You also learn that he is an eccentric recluse and has built a dwelling that both attracts and deters visitors. It's known as the Hanging House. Schloss Cromark lies to the northeast of the Dippelmere Swamp and is actually several buildings built into the walls of a gorge above a great waterfall. Although the lower parts of the house are as luxurious as one might find in any city, the further up the gorge one goes, the more treacherous and inhospitable the buildings become. Finally, you learn that Count Karamark started to become paranoid about his experiments and discoveries being stolen. He has its rumored trapped parts of his castle to prevent theft and constructed numerous guardian creatures to serve and protect him. <laughs> Fucking constructs. This sort of lines up with your knowledge that he provided the uh, golem hound, the flesh golem hound that Vorkstag and Grine used. Hey, they're rolling dice in the sirens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, guys. I'm sorry. Um, hold on a second. I gotta swallow my food. Don't swallow the bones. He shouts from the corner. And he slurps one out. Uh, picks one out at the last second. But so, uh, guys, do you remember that uh, that one place in? Uh, well, 
right next to Kendra's house that was, well, in, in Kendra's town. The prison? Well, uh, I, I'm just trying to uh, see where, well, anyways, we we went to that house of, of the crazy old guy and he had a bunch of traps and so, uh... Oh, you mean the tree house? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one, that's the one. Anyways, I... Well, I don't want it to quite turn into that situation, so... We need to definitely watch out for, for traps, like, really closely. And then on top of that, you know, we're not... I mean, we're just we're just here to find uh, find the doctor and and stuff. So, well, I think we can do it without hurting too many people, you know. I think at least attempting a diplomatic approach at first is a good idea. We're friends of the beast, and so maybe he can put in a good word with his dad. Maybe that will mean something. So, you guys have this conversation, and you head to your rooms, and you head to sleep. The morning comes, and it is the first night, first full night of sleep most of you have had in several days. I imagine you all sleep like the dead. Oh, yeah. And just to make Ikmer that much sleepier, he uh, was sure to sure to polish polish his sword before before he went to bed. So, oh, OK. Yeah. Super sleepy. Lyra also draws a hero card as she wakes up. Ooh, I got the courtesan, which is a creepy face behind a beautiful mask. It is a crown, which is a charisma check. Ooh, lucky me. Now, I think this is one of the first times you've pulled a charisma card. Yes, it is. So, while a lot of your skills key off of charisma, I will allow the plus two. I'm not exactly sure how it's written in the feat, but I think it makes a lot of sense. If you roll a um, like a spell check that has your charisma modifier involved, uh, like I believe like a concentration check would, you can use this for that as well. Ooh, awesome. Thank you. Good morning. What are you guys doing? Dume studies the spells that he wrote last night, um, performs some uh, some rituals to Phrasma, prays a lot, um, and uh, unless anybody says otherwise, is probably like the first one up ready to go waiting downstairs, kind of in that empty bar. Sure. Just seeing who, who comes down. The continental breakfast, of course. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Eclipse would be pretty close to follow. Um, she's she she's fairly early riser, so she'd be pretty close to follow there uh, and come down and see Matumbe. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Have you had anything to eat yet? Hmm. I did have some of the Biscuits and gravy. 
That took you a minute. Um. <laughs> I had so, so many different breakfast foods I was considering. Oh, that's good. Are you ready to head out? Yes, this is real stick-to-your-ribs food. It will keep me going for quite a long time. Now if a sleepy orc friend, or half-orc friend, I should say, and our, uh, our bard... Wake up. <laughs> I'm not a bard. Uh, lawyer. Ikmer's <laughs> <laughs> I- a, uh, he's a teenager. So, uh, number one, getting him up before noon is going to be uh, difficult. But something and, you're going to want to do today. <laughs> yeah. And on, on top of that, uh, well, yeah, just getting him up will be, it'd be hard enough. And then, uh, and then he'll probably want to eat as well. Lear was just spending extra time doing her harrow reading, so she would come down probably not too much after you two. Then, like, we all three go back up together, pound on the door. Come on, let's go. Igmer's polishing his sword again. If one of us has <laughs> to go in there, Matume, it's all you. He, uh... Averts his eyes like, a, like, I'm getting, like I'm getting ready for a gaze attack. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm coming in. 20% mischance against Igmer. <laughs> if there's anything you're doing in there you don't want to see, it would be best for you to stop now. He turns the handle. Opens the door. But it's so early still. Why would I have to get up right now? I mean... The sun's been up for several hours, Ikma. It is time to go. Well, you sure we can't stay one more day? No, the the mob... Has the mob already left? The mob is, like, (laughs) mobilizing at this point, yeah. If we have any opportunity of beating the mob, we need to leave now. Don't you want to save your friend? Uh, Sleep is pretty good, too, but I, I guess I'll get up now. Matumbe does that like really obnoxious parent thing where he goes to the window and pulls the blinds and all the sun comes in. <laughs> Lear creates like a cup full of water right on top of Igmer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm up, I'm up now. Don't worry. So Igmer is soggy and awake. Well, if anything, this allows me to style my hair. So you, uh, you actually did me a favor? Gosh. You've let, let him narrowly avoid a shower for one more day. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys get up and you mobilize. Are you taking horses to Schloss Cromark? Again, it's 24 miles, so. Yes. Yep. It's yeah. still through swampy terrain. So like I said, it's going to take you probably until the evening to get there. I'm glad we now know what uh, swampy terrain means for our uh, for horses. Speed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more you know. But yes, we're going to take horses on our 24 mile journey. Sounds good. So you guys enter the trail by the river, but through the swamp. It winds and winds to the north of Lepidstadt. The swamp gets thicker. The sky is kind of blotted out. But still you ride. And you continue on, and it's relatively uneventful. 
this trip. Lear and Ikmar probably are, are pretty pleased that this trip goes off without a hitch. Nothing seems to be following. Lear would be constantly scanning for Nathalgoos. Yeah. You proceed through the swamp for hours. And then, as if out of nowhere, a storm seems to develop. Now, you're deep enough in the swamp and with enough canopy covering you that you you don't get super wet and the rain begins to drizzle down kind of softly and intermittently hitting you through the trees the light is fading from the day it's becoming darker, duskier as you finally exit the swamp and enter onto a ravine. You begin to hear the sounds of falling water. The fens give way to a deep rocky gorge at the northern end of the swamp, where a peculiar building, or rather group of buildings, clings to steep cliff edges above half a dozen plummeting waterfalls. Beyond a fortified gatehouse, a stone bridge arches gracefully over the raging torrents below. Perched precariously beyond this is a fine fortified manse and a ruined building that appears to have partially collapsed into the river below. A slender rope bridge, replacing the fallen remnants of a stone bridge, links to a strange tower pierced with beautiful stained glass windows depicting bizarre beasts. A further building teeters to the north of this, but how it is reached is impossible to see from here. Far above, a great tower rises from an aisle of stone to the sky, ending in a great steeple topped with a huge lightning conductor. You're approaching at dusk, and the wind is kind of whipping at your backs now. It didn't seem as strong in the swamp, but as you enter this gorge, it's funneled through the gorge and is almost stinging any bare flesh that you have as a storm kind of broils around you. Thunder rumbles echoing off of the rock walls and the southern or the sound mixes with the rumble of a large waterfall. Lightning strikes the lightning rod in the tallest tower. I need you all to make a perception check. I got a dirty 20. 11. Also a dirty 20. Matumbe and Eclipse, you see up by the lightning tower, or the lightning rod, that tower, that towering tower that towers toweringly to the north, above all of the other buildings. You see a large humanoid shadow, and 
in the flash of lightning, it appears locked in combat with an even larger creatures. You can make out the shadow of claws and flexible limbs. You're not sure what they are. Make another perception check. I imagine the rain starting to blow sideways. Matumbe has got his uh, got his shield up, kind of blocking the rain from from hitting him in the face. He said, "Look above, combat on the uh, up by that towering tower." Oh, I I think I I saw it up there too. And while everybody's looking up there, he's gonna quick turn around and uh, and grab his his pocket beer. So what'd you guys get on that perception? Uh, natural 18, so 27. Lyra is still distracted by the waterfall, so that's a 9. 12. 12. Hey. Eclipse. The lightning flashes. You see what appears to be combat on the tallest tower. You can hear it faintly over the whipping wind and the rain in between rumbles of thunder you hear what sounds like brother why lightning flashes again and you see no figures on the tower uh uh oh guys uh that was definitely Definitely, uh, Larry, and he's in trouble. Like, in in big trouble. And now I can't see anybody. We, we must push forward with all haste. There's no place to take cover out here in the elements. We must get inside and save our friend. So if you guys could place yourself on the map, you are coming from the path that leads towards Emily. So to the uh, southwest. You... We're so focused up and towards this huge estate that you miss something. And coming from behind the rocks of the gorge are two grotesque-looking hounds. Gosh darn it, does anyone have a dog bone? Can you place them by the gate? Now I need everybody to roll for initiative as these creatures snarl at you and snap at you and then well they run towards you 11 10 for Ekmer 17 for Lyra Matumba. 14 for Matumba Ekmer is uh, quite focused on look- looking for for the lightning in the tower and it, yeah it's bad at the top of the order is Lyra Lyra can see those hounds so she will start singing to inspire courage for everyone okay alright so Lyra starts singing is she doing any moving no she's back behind uh, she's at the back of the party right now furthest away from the dogs and that's where she wants to stay okay the first hound the hound to the west is going to run the 15 feet 
or the ten feet to be diagonal to Ikmer and is going to take a bite at him. Does a 19 hit your flat-footed? No, it does not. And because it is uh, actually a difference of five, uh, I will have a plus one due to my deflecting armor. Nice. Yeah. The next hound comes up and attacks at Ikmer as well. Okay. Is that a plus one versus it or a plus one in general? A a plus one to hit it. Oh, to hit it. That's cool. This one, does a 26 hit your flat-footed? Yes, that does. Okay. So it is going to deal nine points of damage. Awesome. It is going to, for free, attempt to trip you. Oh, man. I doubt an 18 beats your CMD. That is correct. It does not. Okay, so you are not tripped, but you do need to make a fortitude save. All right. This one is probably pretty good. 15 on the die makes 26 total. You feel fine. Next up, it's Matumbe. Griff, can you uh, can you give me a little color here? It looks like we're on a on a path here, um, and you said it might have been in a ravine or something. Yes, you guys are in a gorge. The gorge, it's kind of like uh, multiple paths that lead to this big river. So, basically, only things that look like they're on the path are actually tra- traversable, is what I'm hearing. Yes, 100%. Motherfuck. All right, so... Igmer is kind of getting uh, almost literally dogpiled here um, with Eclipse up in front as well. It looks like she's kind of got a good line on hit on a, on a dog. But Lyra and Matumbe are kind of pigeonholed in the back with no real way to get through. Um, this sucks. It's going to delay till after Igmer. I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I don't really have a good play right here. Sure. Eclipse. If I was more dexterous, or I'd try and move around them, but at this point, it's going to be best if I just attack. Right. So I'm swinging the axe. Sure. Four, no, 15. Miss. Yeah, that's what I thought. Rolled a four on the die. Okay. Are you moving at all? I guess you can't. You're kind of surrounded. Ikmer. All right, so Ikmer is going to attack the dog that uh, attacked him first, and he has the uh, bonus to hit for a total of 25 on the first first hit. Yep, that hits. And the next one is a 20. That hits as well. Awesome. Pretty bad, uh, bad damage, but a six plus sixteen would make it a twenty-two. Okay. Uh, t- uh, total. Total twenty-two. Yeah, yep. Perfect. Uh, Matumbe would like to use his turn. Sure. All right. Uh, first, I'm going to go ahead and roll a knowledge against these guys. Go ahead. Which type should I roll? That would be Arcana. Okay. 
19. 19, you know that these are troll hounds. You may ask two questions. Special defenses. Special defenses, they don't really have any. Um, so you can you can roll that over. Weaknesses? Nope. Ugh. All right. Well, worst save in case somebody wants to pull out some magic. Did you ask attack? Like special no, we, attack? Like, kind of already know. But the yeah. fortitude save, I guess. And is I still, what I'm and it's still have another question. So if it's, I still wor- it's worst save is will. All right, and then special attacks would be my last one. Okay, these things can trip you for free when they bite you. They have a disease included with their bite called blood fire fever, which requires a fortitude save, or you are infected with it. I think this goes without being saying, but don't try to get bit. Um, And then he's going to use his aid another action to boost Igmer's AC by two. Okay. Seeing as he is probably going to get bit. Is it the... Oh, I'm rolling stuff. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. I just didn't know whose turn it was. Because it was Ikmer. When did... Does, did Lyra go again? Lyra is about Not to yet. go again. Oh, okay. Lyra, make a perception check. Twenty-two? With the twenty-two, you hear like coming from inside the guardhouse. Do you speak giant? No. (laughs) Okay. So you're not really sure what's said. Is it now Lyra's turn? It is now Lyra's turn. All right. Lyra stops singing, but it's lingering. She says... I think we have company. And from the back, she summons a dog that will flank with Ikmer and the dog. Okay, so that's a full round action. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it'll so show it up next turn. Here yet. Yep. Perfect. Uh, the hound closest to Eclipse attacks Eclipse because she attacked it. Does a 18 hit? I don't think it does. No. Okay. The next dog will attack Ikmer, who is currently being aided. God. As halloween as they are, they're a little hard to read. <laughs> uh, 27 to hit. With the aid. That does not. All right. Because of the aid? Yes, because of the aid. Hell yeah. Uh, the dogs each take a five-foot step back. Oh, no, that's interesting. So one goes diagonally towards the door, and one heads towards the other, uh, yes. It 
it's now Matumbe's turn. I delayed my my turn till after uh, Ikmer, so I shouldn't be going right now. Oh yes, you did. Sorry, Eclipse, you're up. Eclipse has learned from the last time where we fought these dogs and there are potentially other voices or whatever. Uh, Eclipse will say, hold, hold your fire. Uh, we don't, we don't know what's going on. Maybe these really were just guards and they need to now talk to us. And she's going to hold, um, well, Basically, she's going to ready an action that if the dog comes back and looks like it's going to attack, she will full-on swing. But if it's going to keep retreating, she's going to just hold her weapon. Okay. Ikmer. Well, hearing what Eclipse said, he is also uh, going to do the exact thing. Okay, if you say so, but I'm ready if they're coming back. Alright, so you're delaying as well? Yes. Not delaying, readying. Readying in action to attack a dog if it comes at you. Matumbe. In six seconds, how many of my languages do you think I could say hold your fire in? (laughs) Do you speak giant? No, but I could cycle through a couple. Okay, well then I will just cycle through some of mine. As a free action, you will do yeah. what you guys love to do and speak for 30 seconds. Well, that's why I asked you, Griffin, because I know you're getting all crumpy about it. Well, uh, let me just tell you, it won't matter. They're dogs. All right, well, then I do all of my languages then. Cool. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, <laughs> uh, what's going to happen is you see figures in the top of these towers. So if you look at the map, the the kind of lines and opaque shadow is actually leading to a second floor of this guardhouse. Please place these guys oh, no. up in the corners. The no. one with his arm up, uh, he is in the tower to the far west towards me. Hey, these guys have penises. I know. Chris did print them a little odd. They all have penises. These these trolls on purpose. I don't, I don't know if he did it on purpose or if that was just what the the model was. That seems like a Chris thing it. to do on purpose. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. So, um, putting it in his file. <laughs> yeah, put it in his file. Um, so Ikmer. A rock comes flying at you. Won't hit you. Awesome. Uh, And then Eclipse, a heavy crossbow bolt, comes sailing at you. That should do. That should play. Uh, Does a 24 hit you? Yes. Okay. So that's going to be... Oh, wow. Minimum damage. Two damage. Two D8s I have on that. Oof. 
so a large crossbow bolt hits you in the shoulder, uh, kind of just grazes you because it only did two points of damage. Eclipse uh, will scream, I've been hit! Fuck them! Next in the order is Lyra. All right, so the dog that she was summoning appears. It's right in front of Ikmer. Because uh, the space she was going to summon it in is now taken up by a dog. Occupied by a dog. Doggy-pied. Yeah. All right, I'll put it so it can be a flank in the future. Okay. Uh, and then... Lyra gets a turn and the dog gets a turn. All right. So because they're still throwing stuff at us and we have no way of communicating with them, Lyra is going to fire a crossbow bolt back at uh, the one that fired at Eclipse. Okay. You see that the um, the towers are crenulated, and so they are going to have a cover bonus. Even the one throwing a rock, too? Yep, they both, uh, like, basically toss it through one uh, of the... They're not quite arrow slots, so it's not like they get full cover, but you know how a castle top mm-hmm. looks? That's like a crenulated tower, and they can, like, throw something through that and kind of duck behind one of the one of the square tops, so... He's going to get a plus four to his AC. Only a 15. Yep, that will miss. Uh, but then the dog will attempt to bite the other dog. Okay. 17. That'll hit. Woo. Seven points of damage. Alrighty. It is the hound's turn. They're going to attack your dog. Well, one is probably going to miss with a 15. No, that hits. Okay, they both hit then. Um, was that a one on the die? No, it was just very low. Oh, okay. This is a summon monster one, so... True, it's, true, true, uh, true. I'm just happy it hit. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I was just trying to clarify, because the one always misses no, no matter what, so... That's going to be 21 points of damage. It's dead. Bye, dog. Bye-bye, dog. Hey, but you uh, use both their actions this turn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Eclipse is up. Eclipse is taking a five-foot step up. She's attacking. Okay. Motherfucker. I miss. Okay. Ikmer. He is going to do the exact same thing. Step up and uh, attack the... But he's uh, going to attack the dog in... That also attacked him that has been weakened by So the further in one, the diagonal one. Yeah, the one that's weak. Uh, Roll Uh, one attack. Does a 22 hit. Yep, roll damage. All right. 14 points. Dead. Now you can use your second attack on the other dog. I'd love to do that. That's why I was told you to roll one at a time. Very (laughs) smart. 
Ooh. This is a nat 20, baby. Alright, roll to confirm. Alright. Does a 13 hit? No. Darn it. It does not confirm, but it does hit. Alright. So that is uh, 11 damage. Alright. Dog is still up. Matumbe, you're up. Okay. I would like to get to this dog without soaking up an unnecessary attack of opportunity. I'm not sure if that's actually impossible, though, the way this is set up. No, either way, you're going to move through a threatened square. Yeah. You get acrobatics, but that's about it. My beefy negative one. (laughs) I mean, they're not crazy hard creatures, so you might make it with a very high roll. With a nat 20. (laughs) Right. I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt to try. It could always miss you. That's true. So I guess I'll acrobatics and see if I can't. I can't make it past. 11, I'm sure, won't beat whatever no, I need to it hit. beat, so it takes an AOL. Yep. Oh, uh, I'm definitely going to bodyguard that. Thank you. Okay, um, does a 22 hit? See, it would have, but bodyguard, bodyguard plus... Saved you. plus yeah. well, well, actually it didn't, because I also have my, uh, my swarm scatter. Oh, yeah. Boosting up over 22. But I'm going to say the body card came in first. Yeah. That's what got me. All right, so he's going to try and take a swipe at this guy. Okay. I'm sure a 14 is not going to hit. 14 total? Yeah. Yeah, no way. All right. Arrow coming at Matumbe. Don't hurt my dog, says Troll Wick. I, I haven't. Everybody else has. <laughs> no, literally only Ick has. Yeah. Oh, you have? Oh, oh, God. My dog bit it, and that hurt. That's true. That's right. That is true, but it wasn't you, like, directly, yes. so mm-hmm. the troll wouldn't attack you. Yeah, that's a uh, 26. 26 would actually tie with bodyguard and swarm stuff, so... Oh yeah, definitely would have. All right, yeah. make sure you tick your yeah. attacks of opportunity right. down. This is uh, this is Ikmer's time to uh, to do in harm's way. Oh, he's Wait, doing in real? harm's way. Yeah. All right. Damn. Absolutely. All right, you take nine points of damage. Why? Thank you. All right. Don't forget to factor in your dr. That's right. And then the rock is coming at Ikmer. Brooks, I have a question for you. Yes. What's your health? Right now, it is 71. Uh, oh, fuck. okay. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a crit range, so it's not a critical threat. 19 on the die. Oh. Uh, we'll take it to a only a 27 to Only hit. a 27 to hit. Well, uh, to... Yeah, that, that hits. Okay. I don't know. There wasn't anything clever I could think of at that point. <laughs> Nine points of damage. All right. Again, take your DR out of that because it's not some sort of special thing. That's right. And um, that's the troll's turn as far as you know. Lyra, you're up. 
is there a knowledge check Lyra could do to see if she could somehow signal to these trolls that like we want to talk or is that like way out of the question now that we killed their dogs make a knowledge local you haven't killed both dogs by the way oh yeah only one dog um I don't have knowledge local so and too bad communicate to them that it's been an equal exchange it's been a dog for a dog so (laughs) (laughs) you killed my dog there's totally gonna be around for a long time yeah I guess in that case uh, Lyra will try oh her song will be ending so she will uh, continue that song uh, again okay and she'll Day where she is. Dog's turn. It attacks Eclipse. Why? Bodyguard. You hit it. No, I haven't. She hasn't. I haven't touched <laughs> it. I literally have missed every time. Who did the 18 points of damage? That was me. Oh, well yeah. then it'll attack at Ikmer. Okay, I can't so really bodyguard like, myself. I literally but. just <laughs> swept my Around and done I saw nothing. 18 points of damage. I think Eclipse. Okay, I can't remember back uh, half a round ago. <laughs> All right, a 20 won't hit Ikmer. That's right. And because that is a difference of five or more, <laughs> I'll have an extra to hit. Good for you, buddy. You're gonna have a really good time when you get inside this building. Fantastic. Um. Yeah, that's his turn. It's going to stand his ground. Eclipse. I'm going to try and hit it this time. I don't know. Maybe third time's charm. I don't know. Get better than like what you've been doing. It's been pretty yeah, shit. Just, just roll better. I've literally rolled four, three, and now two. Oh, it's getting yeah. worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you miss. That's why I cursed that dice before I gave it to you. You moving at all? What's the fucking point? I guess there's not one. <laughs> Ickmer, you're up. Alright, he's uh he's gotta finish off this dog. Just one dice for now. No, I mean you can roll both since you're attacking the same thing. It's not like you have another target. Episode title finish off this dog. <laughs> Alright. Does well I know that the sixteen on the die will hit. Yep. Does the 17 does 17 hit? Yes. Fantastic. And he will definitely hit twice for a total of 26. How do you kill it? So uh, it dodges out of the way of Eclipse's attack and I swoop underneath the uh, the jaw and go straight straight up through the head. So it's on a skewer. Its head is on a skewer. Okay. Got him. Matumbe, you're up. Uh, Matumbe is going to immediately run to the door now that the path is clear and the only way to get to these trolls is to go up. I have to assume there's a a ladder or staircase or something inside. Um, He wants to check this door for traps knowing that this is something that we need to worry about for this particular location. Sure, uh, make a perception check. Yeah. I'm assuming you 
that this isn't going to be a free perception. This is like a move equivalent action or something. To, no, this like, is a free kinda... perception. Okay. Uh, garbage. Uh, 14. Doesn't appear to be trapped. Okay, he's going to try and open the door. Okay. Um, it doesn't budge. Son of a gun. You can make a um, strength oh. check if you want to okay. try and push it. Uh, 21. It doesn't even budge. Oh, dear. Um, I know I've been rolling a lot of dice this round. Is it possible to roll a knowledge engineering to see if it's like just just a cursory? Is it like locked or barred or something? Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, 14. It's definitely barred. Okay. So there, we, it doesn't we, look like there's locks here. So we might not even be able to get in through this door. Like at all. Unless we chop it down or something. You think that, Matumbe, until you hear a thud. Oh. And you hear a roar. This is kind of worst case scenario, isn't it? And the doors bust open in front of you, revealing two trolls. They all have penises on them. So there are now four trolls? Yes, there are four trolls. <sighs> um, what's going to happen, Matumbi, is that one used its action to remove the bar and open the door, but the other one is going to full round attack you. The doors just explode and Matumbi just goes... Oh, shit, and just get probably takes a troll glove to the face. So uh, I'm going to say the pink is the um, bite. Because trolls have several attacks. Oh, well, they're all the same bonus. All right. The bite is a 25 to hit. Yep. One claw is a 24 to hit. Yep. And the other claw is only a um, 13, so that won't hit. Oh, thank God. Which means he doesn't get off a super special fun thing that he can do. I figured double claws would be something bad. You take... 16 points of damage. And I can't even help you out out of, out of this one. The rock comes down on you now that you're in the front entrance from the troll above. Misses you. And then the crossbow bolt. Critical threat. Gee, they really don't like somebody failing to open their door. He got in the way. You, you look like you're intending to head in. I am. So I'm going to roll to confirm here. 18 on the die to confirm. That's a... That'll do. Yeah. Okay. Don't bother. Yikes. Oh, boy. Where am I going to get all these dice? All right, Matumbe. We'll find out how much damage you take next week. Finish your drinks. We'll oh, see you next oh, week. Oh, it will be the end of Matuve for sure. <laughs> He's dead.